This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts, the art of life, and all of our profound journeys. Let's talk today about the courage to travel, about finding trust in the ability to be with loved ones. For me, facing the last year and months of lockdown has been an experience that has spanned a range of emotion from elation to mundane repetitiveness of duties without the joy of socialization. I have spoken often since the beginnings of the pandemic that all artists have suffered a separation from the stage. And with only some brief moments of distance performing or recordings, We have not been bound together as we usually are in making music or sharing of our art in public places with the support of a live audience. Thankfully, that is all starting to change, and performances are starting to creep back into our lives. I realize that the dramas of many as a result of the pandemic have been far worse than experiencing a loss from not performing on stage. But for me personally... My pod of those close to me that I could allow to come into my sphere was small, very small. I am a very social person, so this has been a challenge. My norm is in inspiring others up close and personal. So it was left to my radio show to share my innermost feelings and inspiration to others. And this show has been a blessing for me. My hope is that my listeners have also benefited from my information and entertainment. So it is today that I would like to share with you a recent experience that has left me uplifted and feeling as if I have come alive once again. A little backstory here. My dear friend, conductor, pianist, and vocal coach, Tony Minoli, is my constant travel companion. We are of like minds about experiences on the road and enjoy a similar level of travel style together. Whether it is Las Vegas, which we love, Europe, where we have both lived and worked, or the Caribbean for its beautiful beaches, we make our plans together and make the most of our experiences. When things still seemed bleak in December, January, Tony phoned me to suggest that we start to make some plans to travel and get away for the first time after the pandemic. He wanted to move me out of my little protective shell. We had hardly seen each other up to this point and mostly on Zoom calls. Tony knows how to be persuasive with me. He plans early in an idea for a trip and then makes his introduction with the suggestion that we think of making plans. The minute I hear this, I know we will be on the move soon. But this time I was hesitant to the point of being immovable. 
I told him that by no means would I take the risk of traveling anywhere by plane until I had been fully vaccinated. So he suggested that by May, we should both have the all clear. I, like many of us, was still being cautious. No, I said, I just can't do it. To his credit, he didn't give up on me. He told me to think about it while he started making plans. And his persuasion was tempting and that he was suggesting that we visit the island that I love the most, St. John and the U.S. Virgin Islands. I hesitated for two months, but knew that I would probably capitulate. And even when threatening that I would not be getting on the plane at the very last minute, he managed to continue encouraging me to board the flight to St. Thomas. Triple masked with a face shield and a bag packed to the hilt with masks, hand sanitizer, extra medications, thermometers, and all of the protective accoutrement for a stay in an isolated area, I made the trip. I was terrified when I arrived at JFK, but managed the flight and arrived in St. Thomas to an island paradise that has kept a tight protocol on pre-screening for visitors, masks in public areas, and social distancing. I was happily impressed. Their protocol was actually much more impressive than in Greenwich, Connecticut. However, while I was immediately encouraged and felt I should be more at ease, my body just didn't respond. It was peculiar. I was trying to relax, but I was still stiff and worried about approaching anyone for fear of disease. The body has a distinct memory. It took me three days to feel that my body was truly awake again. Awake. It's a strange choice of words, but it is the idea that most appropriately comes to me to describe my own feelings. I had done so well during the past year, keeping my sense of personal balance, both psychologically and emotionally. My love of travel was satiated during the pandemic with the long drives that I would take each day at about 4 p.m. I found repose discovering the back roads of Greenwich, Stamford, Reading, and Litchfield. In fact, I enjoyed the lack of heavy traffic on isolated stretches and often felt that I owned the solitary back lanes. I'll be honest, I started to develop a love affair with Reading, Connecticut, the home of the Mark Twain Library and gently winding roads. It was a temptation to dream about moving there to create more space around me. But I remained in my house in Greenwich, ultimately happy that my husband and I had held on to what we knew and where we felt safe. But in the last few months, I was starting to get used to being alone, and it was becoming my safe space. It's a dangerous notion, you know. I firmly believe and have spoken on this show about the merit of having time to truly reflect on our lives during the pandemic. But at some point, we must work to reintegrate to find balance. I needed to be pushed out of my own space to find trust in the world again. And my friend Tony was the right guy to lead me through. He is a Sicilian, and he is not afraid to prod. Integration with others on the island of St. John was approachable. The island was shockingly busy, as if it was high season. We heard stories from restaurant personnel that the Caribbean had been slammed since December. In fact, 
they did not have enough restaurant staff to function efficiently. Several places told us that if we wanted to stay on the island, they would happily put us to work, and by the end of my stay, I was considering making another pivot to waitress in one of my favorite restaurants. People behaved, observing the mask protocol, and maintained a decency in relating to each other because it was insisted upon. There was a humble responsibility on the island of taking responsibility for each other. It was not political. It just felt like the decent thing to do. I was quite moved that on an island paradise with a residency of only 4,000 people, they greeted tourists with a firm code, and it was met. My previous thoughts that the islands would be lax in their protocol were replaced with the reality of an efficient rule of conduct. They declared that they were 100% COVID-free on St. John, and vaccinations had begun early. During my stay, I became enamored with the people and their fortitude to keep safety a precious commodity. I started to truly relax, and by the third day I felt as if my body and psyche were starting to shed the fear of COVID. It's a strange thing when you experience the realization that you have been conditioned to fear the unknown, as we have all been forced to do for over a year. I am an adventure seeker and usually love walking into the unknown. But it wasn't until this trip to the Caribbean that I finally faced that fact that I had become satisfied to sit in the back corner of my home, not venturing out because of the conditioning of fear. And for those who are still having anxiety facing reintegration back into society, I truly understand the apprehension. It will take time for many of us to trust in the process of being social again. I enjoyed another several days of relaxing on the beach and breathing the free air. I simply left the cocoon that I had wrapped myself so tightly in for the past several months. I was met with warmth and sea breezes to ease my soul. I felt as if the trip itself was the soothing balm that I needed for re-entry into the world as I had known it before. A world of binding with others, of being able to lead again and mentor, not only on Zoom, but face to face. Everyone is rushing to travel once again. Airline reservation outlets are overwhelmed right now, and no one is holding back on the desire to travel. And I will admit that the planes are packed. JFK was crowded and busy with people who were not necessarily keeping a safe distance from each other. I do feel that we must still be vigilant to keep ourselves safe and protected in airports and on flights. But most of all, it is time for us all to find balance with others. So with that, I am now brave enough to make the trip to Oregon that I have so long denied myself to visit my beloved family. I cannot wait. The desire to be in the loving arms of my 90-year-old mother is stronger than my body's fear that I have experienced over the past year to travel. And to my dear friend, Tony Minoli, thank you for taking my hand and encouraging me to step out there again. It brought me back to a deep realization of how important the world is to me. 
and how profound it is that we recognize how we have internalized our pain and separation during the pandemic. We will cautiously break out of that negative habit, and I hope that we will be supportive of those who are having confidence issues in trying to let go of pandemic fear. But most of all, I look forward to the day when we will all be hugging each other without reservation soon. In the town where I was raised, the clock ticks and the cattle graze. Time passed with amazing grace back where I come from. You can lie on a riverbank or paint your name on a water tank. Miscount all the beers you drank Back where I come from Back where I come from Where I'll be when it's said and I am broadcasting this show from my mother's home in eastern Oregon. I made it to Oregon and experienced not only a wonderful reunion with my mother and family, but also a kinship with the spectacular vistas of the Columbia River area in eastern Oregon. The flight out was uneventful but crowded. After 16 months of confinement in Connecticut, being unleashed to the wilds of Oregon is a distinct change. But the changes have been felt on this trip more distinctly than just in the outdoors. I knew I would experience more of a reluctance to wear masks here as compared to Connecticut. And the percentage of anti-vacciners is a little troubling to me out here. But I'm here to remain solely with my family on a ranch, so circulating isn't a priority. But yet when the instance arose where I had to enter an office for advice... I had my first blatant anti-vaccine experience face-to-face. I had an appointment to meet with a professional woman who I had been liaising with by phone for several months. I walked in double-masked. I am remaining vigilant here as I would back east to take responsibility for myself and the safety of others. I had already encountered the reality that many stores or offices in this part of the state did not require masks to enter. And so it was in this office. No one there was wearing a mask. I naively presumed that everyone there was vaccinated. I sat and discussed the issues I needed to address, and after about 15 minutes, I started to think that perhaps I could take my mask off. I said to the professional who I had the appointment with, I presume you have all been vaccinated here, right? She sat back in her chair and crossed her arms. She was a tall, very fit woman with a palpable air of confidence. She gave me a stern look as if I was impertinent. No, she said, I have not been vaccinated and I refuse to be. And actually, no one in this office has been vaccinated. Well, her response had the sting to antagonize. I was almost admiring of her touch of theatricality, but the overwhelming feeling in the room could only be described as eerie. I did not spend much more time in her office, nor did I bolt for the door. 
I was too caught up in my feelings of shock in the nightmare scenario I had found myself in. I left, thanking my good sense to double mask in Umatilla County, which has had the reputation of refusing vaccinations. But perhaps the difficult reality was more about why I felt so threatened. It wasn't just the potential of disease. It was her lack of responsibility by not asking me, as a client, if I was comfortable in her presence without a mask. I still feel the frisson of unease in reflecting on this experience. I have, for the last 16 months, felt deprived of not being able to visit my beloved home state. My devotion to Oregon is born out of a love for nature and the deep sense of community. But from the moment I landed here, I have had the uncomfortable feeling that community may be torn. This is an area of hard-working farmers and cowboys working on ranches. Guns are commonplace, and most individuals know how to use them. I have never felt threatened here, until now, but my fear is not from guns. Oregon has been recognized over the years as a liberal and progressive state. So to arrive here and feel the tangible lack of respect for a vaccine that is available to all is, quite frankly to me, unsettling. That is not the only shift in perspective here. Now with the undercurrent of several counties in the eastern and southern parts of the state, which are fighting to secede and boast that their intention is to join Idaho, I can see that the liberal reputation could be a fading memory. In much of the state, that memory is being trounced by a sense of self-righteous confusion. To my mind, the bravado of denying a vaccination is just one example. I will be exploring the issues of refusal to accept the vaccine and the story of potential secession in eastern Oregon in a later program. While I am here, I would like to learn why residents have taken a personal conviction to say no And of course, I hope to offer you all a wide range of opinions based on the present-day American journey. Oh, oh, oh.
I love the heat in summer, and here I am sitting under an umbrella in eastern Oregon where a typical summer day can range in temperature from 70 to 105 degrees. Well, usually it stays at the high end of the temperature gauge. And so it was a few days ago when the outdoor temperature reached a whopping 105 with not a breeze in sight to give us a little air circulation. Now, I love the heat, and I especially love the dry heat that the high desert here offers. But when my Yorkie, Madison, avoids walking on the hot sand or tarmac, I know we have reached the upper comfort level. So while I'm here, I've been working on perfecting the art of how to smuggle Madison into every store imaginable. First, I started with ordering a new fabulous travel bag for her, pink, quilted, very Chanel in its look, with plenty of outside pockets and ventilation panels for her comfort. The outside pockets are for me. They hold car keys, lipstick, credit cards, the phone, and, of course, a few doggy treats. And the handles and over-the-shoulder straps were padded and lined with a contrasting beautiful gray fabric that only enhanced the adorable nature of the designer look bag. I had the self-satisfied feeling of buying the perfect accompaniment. Now, I knew I had made the right purchase when at least three girls came up to me at the airport and asked where I had purchased this adorable puppy carrier. I became sheepish when I had to admit that it was actually an Amazon purchase. But nevertheless, it suits me and Madison, so she can travel in style in a bag that resembles a fashionable handbag. And so we moved forward with our undercover attempts at keeping my puppy comfortable and with me in the high heat of the desert. Our first covert action was at Rite Aid Pharmacy. I was perusing many aisles, and as Madison had instructions to remain quiet, she obeyed with a stunning acquiescence. It was all going so well until we came close to the pet treat and accessory aisle. 
I was trying to get to the vitamin section of the store and didn't realize that the scent of pet food and tiny delectable toys were wafting towards Madison's excellent nose. There was a tiny squeak of recognition from my furry friend in her bag. Our cover was almost blown. Quickly, I turned to go down the cleaning aids aisle in an attempt to throw her off the scent. But alas, my maneuver was too late. Several more squeaks were issued from the pink faux Chanel bag. A woman shopper in the Swiffer section turned and gave me a glance over her glasses. I could not tell if she was friend or foe. And then came the wry smile from her lips. She walked over and asked to meet my little companion. This bag has a small zippered little peephole that is big enough for any animal to pop their head out of. I unzipped the strategically placed access point, and little Madison peered out to say hi and gave the woman a lick on the hand. The potential disaster passed away as the woman walked on happy, as if the bonus at Rite Aid was not a coupon, but rather a satisfying encounter with a small dog from Connecticut. Well, with her head still out, Madison turned towards the pet aisle. It was a reminder to me. Since we had triumphed over any unfortunate discoveries by a store clerk of a dog being in the store, I decided to reward my four-legged friend. We went deep into the aisle. Madison was rustling in the bag as if to say that her desires were about to be met. I looked at dog toys, new collars, and pet beds. I finally made a decision on a dog toy that was just her size, soft and had just enough squeakers inside to keep her occupied for the evening ahead. But with all of my items, we walked towards the checkout, with Madison still bouncing with joy in the pink quilted bag. We were so close to victory in leaving the store undetected, but I was worried that I was going to be reprimanded before we could pay and make our escape. Feeling a little anxious, but yet triumphant, I walked up to the counter when the checkout girl smiled and said, You know, your little fur baby has it made in that beautiful designer bag. I laughed, knowing our cover was totally blown. But our adventure was complete. We left the store with Madison dreaming of the new toy that she could attack in the car while riding home. And for me, the satisfaction that our covert operation was a big success. And with an adorable faux Chanel bag to boot. Thank you, everyone, for spending some time with me today on Two American Byways. I hope for all of you out there who are traveling that you will continue to do so with care and respect for those around you. Enjoy your destinations. Enjoy being reunited with loved ones. But most of all, stay safe out there. Please find more information on my show at Center Stage with PamelaCoon.com. And in the meantime, this is Pamela Coon, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage. Oh, yeah.